0: I'm Zachary Bushert, and I am 10 years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Jesus is better than anything else because he created everything and he is the maker of the earth. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before He even created the world and the hope of living with Him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why He wants you to join Him. boys and girls, Alicia Yoder here on the Jesus is Better podcast. Now, we've already talked about how, because of Jesus' obedience and death, he clothes us in his righteousness. But did you know that he wants to clothe us in even more than that? In the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, he writes that God wants to clothe us with his compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So why not ask God to help you wear a compassion shirt or some kindness pants or gentleness socks today? Last week, we talked about Jesus' care for us when we worry and that he wants to help us be generous toward his other children instead of thinking we have to always take care of ourselves. One time, Jesus told the crowds this story. A man had a fig tree, he said. It was growing in his vineyard. When he went to look for fruit on it, he didn't find any. So he went to the man who took care of the vineyard and said, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, but I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and feed it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on a Sabbath day. A woman there had been disabled by an evil spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he asked her to come to him. He said to her, Woman, you will no longer be disabled. I am about to set you free. Then he put his hands on her. Right away she stood up straight and praised God. The synagogue leader was angry because Jesus had healed the woman on the Sabbath day. He told the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, but don't come on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered him, You pretenders! Doesn't each of you go to the barn and untie your ox or donkey on the Sabbath day? Then don't you lead it out to give it water? This woman is a member of Abraham's family line. But Satan has kept her disabled for 18 long years. Shouldn't she be set free on the Sabbath day from what was keeping her disabled? When Jesus said this, All those who opposed him were put to shame, but the people were delighted. They loved all the wonderful things he was doing. Then Jesus asked, What is God's kingdom like? What can I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in a garden. It grew and became a tree so big that the birds sat in its branches. Again he asked, What can I compare God's kingdom to? It is like yeast that a woman used. She mixed it into sixty pounds of flour. The yeast worked its way all through the dough. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching the people on his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Try very hard to enter through the narrow door I tell you, many will try to enter and will not be able to The owner of the house will get up and close the door Then you will stand outside knocking and begging You will say, Sir, open the door for us But he will answer, I don't know you And I don't know where you come from Then you will say, We ate and drank with you You taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you, and I don't know where you came from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. You will weep when you see those who are in God's kingdom. You will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets there. But you yourselves will be thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south. They will take their places at the feast in God's kingdom. Then the last will be first, and the first will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus. They said to him, Leave this place. Go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go and tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons. I will keep on healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day. Certainly no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You kill the prophets and throw stones in order to kill those who are sent to you. Many times I have wanted to gather your people together. I have wanted to be like a hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. And you would not let me. Look, your house is left empty. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Have you ever planted a seed and watched it grow? Did it come up the next day after you planted it? This fall, my son Isaiah and daughter Hosanna helped me plant some daffodil and tulip flower bulbs. And now we have to wait all winter long to see if they come up this spring. When Jesus told the story about the fig tree, he showed how patient God is for his children to come home to him. Even though the fig tree had grown up, it wasn't any good because the fig fruit wasn't growing on it. But God hasn't wanted to rush his kingdom coming because he wants the seeds of the gospel to have a chance to be planted and grow in many people's hearts. He may even have us help to dig and water and fertilize the plants in people's hearts by loving them and telling them how much Jesus means to us, even as we trust God to give them the faith to let their plants grow. And when we pray for our friends and family, we won't just pray for their sicknesses to go away, but we'll also pray for their hearts, that God would help them to know Him more and bear His fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in their lives. God can even use our prayers of faith to protect people from the flaming arrows Satan wants to send to burn the little plants in people's hearts. Sometimes people's hearts are tied up because they don't think God could really love them or they think they can take care of themselves without him. The crippled woman Jesus healed had been disabled by an evil spirit for 18 whole years but when people are truly healed by Jesus they will be like the woman finally able to straighten up and lift their hands in praise to God one way Jesus might choose to heal someone's heart is through you listening to them tell you their sadness and frustrations and helping them to look to Jesus and ask him for help Maybe a friend tells you about someone in their class who always calls them a mean name. You could say something like, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. It must make you feel really yucky. Let's pray together and ask Jesus to help you to know what he thinks about you. When you point your friends to Jesus, you won't be tempted to think that you always have the right answers. the Pharisees thought they hated that Jesus kept breaking their rule not to heal people on the Sabbath day but Jesus wanted them to see that he cared about the disabled woman more than following the rules he reminded them that they show kindness to their animals by giving them water on the Sabbath day so why shouldn't he have helped a precious woman if you've ever been to the beach Or if you have a sandbox at home, you can picture one tiny grain of sand in the palm of your hand. A mustard seed isn't much bigger than that. But Jesus taught that as more and more people come to know him and his kingdom grows, it's like the mustard seed that grows so big that even birds can sit on the branches. It's also like a tiny bit of yeast that's mixed into huge bowls of dough so that it can be baked into puffy bread in the oven. People might ask, how can people from every nation of the world possibly find out about Jesus and choose to follow him as their king? But God loves surprising us with his love so that tons of people can be rescued and join his forever family. Our part might seem hidden, like yeast secretly working all through some bread dough. But he can help us to believe that it's worth our time and energy to keep loving our brother and classmate and parents and helping them to know God more. And then you can thank God for the changes you do see, like when your little sister starts to treat you with more kindness, Because God is changing her heart. Have you ever been to a play place where you had to crawl through a tunnel to get in? What if your friend decided he was going to try and get in by climbing on the outside and smashing through the walls? It probably wouldn't work so well. Jesus said the only way to enter God's family was through the narrow door, like the tunnel to get into the play area. God sent Jesus to earth to be the way to that narrow door through his death and coming back to life again. Now it's like he's standing by the door, calling as many people as possible to go through. There used to be prophets who stood by the door, calling people to come to God. But now Jesus is there. And because his Holy Spirit is in us, we can stand beside him and call people to the door too. One of Satan's favorite ways to keep people from squeezing through the door is to tempt them to think they can get in another way or to think they don't need Jesus' forgiveness and help each day or that God can't really give them what they need or that it's okay to look at Jesus standing by the door thinking they already know him, but they don't want him to tell them what to do or how to live. That's when you can be the one standing by Jesus' door, telling your cousin the truth about how to go through the door by choosing to receive Jesus' forgiveness and following him as their king. The Pharisees told Jesus that Herod wanted to kill him, but Jesus already knew that he was going to die. That's why he traveled to Jerusalem. He was like a mama hen, who knew a farmer was going to kill her for Sunday dinner, but she still wanted to gather her chicks under her wings to keep them safe. The people of Jerusalem didn't think of themselves as helpless chicks. They imagined they were lions, strong on their own and not needing protection. But Jesus died so that God's wings could always be open, ready for us to come inside no matter how we're feeling. And when you know that God's wings are a safe place, you can take other chicks by the wing, your friends and brothers and sisters, and scamper with them back to your mama hen. Jesus wants us to tell him whenever we feel scared or worried so that we can receive his comfort and remember his power. So what do you want to tell him about today? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way to your door of salvation. Thank you for the way you're leading people to your door from every nation on earth. Would you show us who in our lives needs to be shown the way to that door? Thank you for being so powerful. Amen. Okay, friends, let's keep looking to Jesus.